person. But my greatest concern is that you're not going to know that. And so tonight, I want you to develop, um, to ask the Holy Spirit, what's your plan for me this year? So I'm going to kind of guide you through some things. At the end of that funeral, uh, Herman and Shanika stood up, surprised everyone, and they took the microphone. And Herman actually explained, there were about a 1,000 people at this funeral, and they flew me back for the funeral um, because we were family. Um, and we all came from all over because it was we were family. I stayed with Matt and Susan, and um, she said, you know, when things like this happen, you just drop everything because we're family. And that's what we forget a lot of times. It's really easy to go to church. We all sit in all these rows. We never look at anybody's face except the person we came with. And we look at the back of people's heads, and we think we're disconnected. We sit down, we do church, check, and split. But according to the Word of God, we're family. It's really popular to call us a community, and I use that word sometimes, but the, the Word calls us family because God is a father before he's anything else. At the end of that funeral, Herman and Shanika took the microphone, and Herman said, I want to set the record straight. Abby and she, the young lady who was driving the car was in the audience. We love this young lady. She's an amazing woman. And uh, he said, I would like for you to come up because I want to pray for you. And he said, he told what an amazing person she was. He said, there were three young people in that car. Now imagine, this is a father who not only, he chose to father this son. He said there were three people in that car, and God chose to take Darius. And we're so happy that we still have Abby and her little brother. But I want you to come up because we want to pray for you, and she wouldn't. So he said, let me tell you who you are. I heard that you might not run track. You don't know if you can ever run track again. You have to run track. He said, I break off every lie, every word curse, every accusation that anyone has spoken over you, you are a powerful woman. And as he began to pray over her, Shanika left him and went into the audience and went and stood next to Abby and laid her hands on her. Her family, four or five family members, stood up and went over and laid hands on Abby. And literally, Herman gave her back her future in front of the whole place because he said, as the father of Darius, this is who you are. This is what you were born for. And this is what you must do. You have to run. And when you run, you have to win because that's what Darius would want. Each of you, under the sound of my voice, has the potential to be that kind of a person. When we got in the car, Matt and Susan, I was with them, and we rode to the cemetery. We all stood in, like, pouring rain, but it didn't matter because we were family. And Susan turned around and said to me, Eric, what you saw them do today, we are all able to do because that is how you taught us to live.
And that, that meant a lot to me, but I also knew that we all made a lot of decisions, what we would believe, what we would agree with, what we would base our lives upon. And they've had a lot of choices in the last 15 years to go forward with the foundation that we laid or to step back and be church folk. And the, the sermon that they have preached with their lives has stunned their whole community. Each of you has the ability to preach that sermon. So I want to kind of talk to you about that. Tonight's a little different night. I actually was very, very ill last Thursday in bed. I don't remember, honestly, the last time I was in bed sick. And while I was laying, I don't, I don't like that. Um, I don't like to be still. But I was so sick, I had to be still. And later, I did ask the Lord, is that the only way you could get me to be still? And he was respectfully silent. <laughs> but while I was laying in bed, he gave me this idea. He told me about this whole thing. And I was like, wow, that's pretty whack. And he told me what he wanted me to do, and I'm like, that's crazy. I've never done anything like that in my life. But I've learned that uh, he's in charge and I am not. So let me tell you a little bit about tonight. Your life counts. What you choose to listen to, what you choose to agree with, what you choose to believe determines everything about where your life goes in the next 15 years or one day. Darius was 18 years old when he went to be with the Lord. And if you had heard the testimonies of his classmates, he left a legacy. You need to leave a legacy. So before I go any further, I want to break off every lie. I break off every word curse. I break off every accusation that's ever been spoken over your life. I ask you to disagree with everything that's ever been said that was negative about you regardless of who said it. I break the power of every Bible verse that's been used over you in witchcraft to control you or to manipulate you. I break the power of every biblical person, even if it's myself. If I spoke things over you that brought you death, I break the power of that tonight, and I repent for that. I speak life over you, and I call your spirit alert so that you'll hear what the Holy Spirit has to say because he has good things to say. All right. Um, I wanted to get you out of the church mindset. That's why we're sitting in a circle. Uh, we had a group that met in my home for about a long time, about four years. It's actually where we kind of started some of the stuff that we do. It was called Brigade. If you ever went to Brigade, could you raise your hand? See, see how many people have never been to Brigade. That's why we're doing this. So we would all sit, and a lot of times we'd be so crowded. Um, and, you know, we'd everybody get in this, I had this weird-shaped room, and everybody would get in this long room, and then when that when we ran out of space there, then they'd start sitting up the stairway. And it, you wanted to kind of be on time, because if you're late and you start sitting on the stairway, the stairs are like this. So your butt hurts after a little bit and it goes to sleep. But we had some amazing times there and we saw God do some powerful things.
Eric Knopf always says, we build our ministry one person at a time, one hour at a time, and we're not talking about epic life. We're talking about iron sharpening iron times of talking and interaction. And that's what I want to have with you tonight. Um, I believe in your greatness. You have to understand I'm apostolic. Like Eric's a teacher. That's his, in the fivefold, that's his gift. So he gives you an amazing amount of verses. He, you know, by the time he's done reading, you're like, oh my goodness, that's what that means. I'm not like that. I'm apostolic. That means I try to help you understand your destiny and have the courage to go for it. And tonight, typically I do use the word a lot. Tonight, I'm going to ask you to listen to the word, which is the Holy Spirit. I don't think I have a single verse. So if you feel like you haven't been to church and we're done, I'll understand. There will never be a perfect time to do something great. You have to create the time. You have to create the opportunity. I'm telling you tonight, there are people in this place tonight who are so powerful if you will only believe it. It doesn't matter what your background is. Um, Next week, I'm going to talk about the fact that you can stand in the Hall of Fame, but you have to stay You have to wear the robe and the ring. So I'll explain that to you next week. You're the one who truly owns your future. No one can keep you from becoming what God created and means for you to be. No one. I can't. Eric Knopf can't. No one can do that. The only person is you. And what you choose to do with what the Holy Spirit shows you. Because he has a lot to say. Um, One of the things that I've become incredibly distressed about in the last probably three or four months is the fact that our ministry is big enough now that there are people sitting in this room and I don't know your name. That's really hard on my heart. Because as hard-nosed as I sometimes am when I talk, you know, and I try to get you to, Amber, don't shake your head like that. I try to get you to, you know, look at things that will help you go where you want to go. I truly value every single person. And when I look at, all I have to do is sit with someone for about five minutes and I'm like, you know what? This could happen if you'll just have the courage to believe it. That's my heart. I can't do that anymore. So tonight, I may never go to coffee with you. I know that sounds really hard. But I want you to just imagine that we're having coffee. Um, If we were at coffee, I would ask you a question. But before I give you that question, I'm going to ask my guys who have the sheets to pass out to pass those out right quick. So everybody gets one of these. I know that some of you like to um, take notes. There's pins. If you're sitting next to a table, could you pick up the silver bucket and pass it? If you want a pen, cool. I tend to take notes in my phone. If that's you, that's cool. Um, If you have photographic memory and you don't want to take notes, that's cool. 
So, okay, so here's the question I would ask you, because I'm going to ask you to tell your neighbor the answer to this question. What was one of your favorite things that happened in 2013? Now, tell your neighbor, and it, it, this can't be your spouse. Tell your neighbor what was your favorite thing that happened in 2013. You have to talk to do that. Okay, if the second person hasn't talked yet, they should. I see some of you not talking. <laughs> Reach to the person next to you. Jen, this young lady needs someone to tell her stuff to. for sharing. I notice that some of you like to talk in like big groups. So that should tell you something about what your gifting is. Okay, after you, I ask you that question, and I'd be really interested because I love to hear what excites people and what meant the world to them because that tells you about their value system. It tells you who they are. When I ask a question like that, then I hear what really makes their heart work. And sometimes I get some real shockers, and I love that. Then I'd ask you this question. What hindered you from doing everything you wanted to do in 2013? And I'm not going to ask you to share this. You see, we have this amazing small group called DNA that meets at my house Saul Lopez and Shadi Hayek lead that group this year. And we had a real time of revelation last Friday. It was, this was my revelation. I came home, or stayed home, <laughs> with that on my list. That's what the Holy Spirit spoke to me about. It was amazing. That's my goal for you tonight. But you need to ask the Holy Spirit, what was it that hindered you from doing everything you wanted to do in 2013? Flip your paper over, or if, you, if you're afraid somebody will see it, cool. But write down something that helps you know what was it. Yeah. Thank you. And tonight, if you need things repeated, please ask me, because I tend to talk in half sentences. So if I, if I say something, you're like, we don't get it, please say so. What hindered you from doing everything you wanted to do in 2013? 
Does anybody need, oh, do we have any more paper? You, uh, do we have any more of these sheets? Awesome. If you could hold those up so we could, does anybody need a sheet? Cool. You know what's going to keep some of you from doing what I'm asking you to do? There are some of you who are sitting here and you're not doing anything. And I love the fact that I can't see who it is. Because if I offend you, talk to the Holy Spirit about it. It's between you and him. You don't want to participate and you don't want to write anything down because that makes you accountable. That makes you commit. We love to go to church. I watch Eric Knopf preach the most powerful sermons here week after week, and I'll turn around and there's like nobody taking notes. I'm like, fools. This is just like gems. This is how you get free. Write something down. There can't be that many people with photographic memory. But if you don't want to write anything down and you feel like this thing coming up inside you, Commit. Commit to your future. Love yourself. Fight hard for yourself. All right. This is why I think New Year's resolutions don't work. I don't ever make them. And I was thinking about it, and when I was sick, the Holy Spirit was like walking me through this. I'm like, seriously, we're going to talk about this? I don't even believe in these. And he's like, where does the word resolution come from? It comes from resolve. But we make New Year wishes. I wish I was skinnier. I think I'm going to go to the gym for a week. (laughs) Whoops, I paid for a membership. Oh, my gosh. Like, I do go to the gym Monday through Friday. And we always hate January because a whole bunch of people show up and they're like sitting on the equipment watching the rest of us work out. They're going to get to it as soon as they get motivated, you know, and they're talking with their girlfriend or their boyfriend who's also wanting to be different because I don't like myself, but they're not working out. It's like get away from that. You know, but I always comfort myself. We are, we always cheer each other up with, they'll be gone in three weeks. <laughs> so just relax. You know, for once I have to fight for the fruit of the spirit, which is patience, love, and all that stuff. You get it? Cause it's a wish. But I want us to be people of resolve. Because Being the apostolic guy in the room, and there's a whole bunch of other ones, you guys have no idea how many powerhouse people there are here. I'm actually going to explain to you some of the things that we're shifting and even how we do ministry next week. That's the Hall of Fame week. Um, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit some questions tonight. I'm going to kind of walk you through it. Because I want you to have some resolve. Because if you start dreaming with the Holy Spirit and you start getting an idea that 
you're, what you're thinking about maybe actually risking going for is tied to your destiny. See, people's New Year resolutions, they're not tied to their destiny. It's like, oh, I wish I was different. I wish I had a better wardrobe. Okay, I'm going to save some money. So, you know, I don't do Starbucks for like three weeks and I go buy a shirt. I kind of lose it because I really like Starbucks. It's not tied to your destiny. When you start looking at your character and you go, this is who I want to be. All my life, people have told me that I'm ugly. I don't, I hate this feeling about myself. I hate feeling like I'm unattractive and I'm never going to get married. And that's, that is how I used to feel. I don't feel that way. In fact, I'm not going to tell that yet. Um, but you start working on this year, I'm going to make headway with the fact that I feel like I'm unattractive. And then you start asking the Holy Spirit, when you commit, he'll commit. That's why for some of us, it's like, I don't know why they always use the same people all the time. Might be because some of those folks are making cold-blooded choices to grow and to become somebody who actually carries the anointing of God. Because you see, God doesn't carelessly hand out anointing. When you read the word, the callings and giftings of God are irrevocably given, which means once he gives it, you got it. I love that. But anointing, that's different. Here's what anointing is. I know you've heard people preach, and you may feel like you're in one tonight. Hopefully not. But you listen to them, and it's like, this is really interesting. You know, every week, week after week. That's because there's sometimes no anointing. They have a gifting and a calling. But anointing is when the passion of God falls on your passion. So I want you, when you hear Daddy God tell you who you are, that you're not alone, and then you hear some of his dreams and thoughts about you, you can find the courage to go after them. You use your time differently. You invest your heart more wisely. You actually learn to listen to your heart. That's probably the thing that I'm learning right now in my life. That's one of my biggest things. No one suddenly becomes great. Greatness is a lot of small things done well. So let's go through these questions. I ask Vical to pray, play some music. I'm going to just ask you, we're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak. A bunch of you hear God's voice. You just don't know you hear God's voice. Because you have these thoughts. Sometimes you have thoughts that won't leave you alone, and you feel horrible. The more those thoughts come, the worse you feel. Those are not God's thoughts. So if they just won't leave you alone, you can just ask the light and fire of the Holy Spirit to come down and burn anything that won't shut up. Because it'll stop. <laughs> That's because there are things that like to talk to you that don't necessarily have your best interest at heart. It's okay to talk back. I always had a problem with that when I was growing up, and I love to do it in the right way. So, 
But when the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you and you're like, oh, my goodness, that's too good to be true. That's the Holy Spirit. So I'm just going to ask you as I we ask these questions, whatever thoughts come to you, write those thoughts down or write them in your phone or record them, whatever you do, hang on to them. One, what did you learn last year? I need a pen. I am forever yours. And my heart is filled with hope. And every promise comes my way. When I feel your hands of grace rest upon me. Staying desperate for you, God. Staying humbled at your feet. Somebody else need paper. If you're auditory, don't start singing the words. Ask the Holy Spirit and write what he tells you. I'm auditory. That's why I said that. Okay, the next question, and you can, like, I've been getting more and more revelations. Some of the people in here were at DNA last Friday. That's awesome, because you can take what the Holy Spirit already gave you and blow that up. Because if you don't do that, it's not going to become what it can. The second question is, God, what are you telling me about this year? What's the Holy Spirit telling you about your year? this year.
Don't be afraid to write down things that seem outlandishly extravagant. I mean, it's like I'd be embarrassed if someone read this because they would think I think I'm all that. God thinks you're all that. Agree with him. What do I need to purge out of my life? Purge means get rid of. It's actually a very strong term. And this can be possessions. It can be attitudes. It can be motives. It can be people. I'm telling you, if you're not running with people who look, their lives look like what you want yours to look like, you need to pick some new friends. Fourth question, what direction are you moving me in, God? Because God has direction for you. There's no shame in not knowing. It's great just to let the Lord tell you, you know, or to acknowledge within yourself, I actually don't have direction. You need to know that. Because there are so many ways we can help you find that.
Just to be with you, just to be with you, Jesus, just to be with Okay, next question. Holy Spirit, what structure or tools do I need to achieve this? That can be, for many of us, it's joining a small group. It's stop hiding out. It's telling someone the secret that runs your life because you can't talk about it. Because you know, something that you can't talk about does control your whole life. For some, it's accountability. I struggle with porn. I have sex with my girlfriend or my boyfriend. And I really, in my heart, I want to stop. Some of us need mentors. If you're a person who needs a mentor, I could probably help you find one. 
Okay, the next question is, what do you want me to go after in my personal life? Maybe you're a guy and you don't have another close guy friend. If you don't, you're totally setting yourself up to have a miserable dating relationship and marriage. Same thing for you ladies. If the person you're dating has to carry the whole weight of meeting your emotional needs, you are jacking your relationship up. Maybe you just need an understanding of the Bible. Maybe you need some classes. Maybe you need some deliverance. Maybe you need to stop hiding out and start looking around and seeing who would you like to date. Novel concept, huh? Maybe you need to go back to the clothing exchange and get some clothes. I wear a bunch of clothes from back there. This is Russell Breton's hand-me-down shirt. These are Shady Hikes hand-me-down pants. Camille Knopf bought me these shoes free. And Jared Stedman gave me this coat. It's his hand-me-down. <laughs> and I like it all. There's hand-me-downs right behind that curtain. Okay, and here's a, here's a question I'm really asking you to ask the Holy Spirit. Because you're not the reason it concerns me so much that we're getting big enough where I can't, like, I don't know this guy. I don't, I have no idea where he would fit. Probably about 15 minutes into it, a conversation, I could send him in a direction. You're going to have to start asking the Holy Spirit, where, like, come out of hiding. For some of us, it's like, okay, I would have to talk different. Or it would actually make me accountable. I'm not used to being accountable. Nobody tells me how to do what I do. Really? For some of us, it's just having the courage to, yeah, I would actually like to have a girlfriend. Or, you know, you're never going to get anything if you don't begin to find out what it is that you're going for. That's really what this is about. So what do you... What do you, God, want me to go after in the overall corporate ministry of Epic Life? We're actually going to uh, lead the ministry a little bit differently this year. I can't tell you how excited I am about it. And we'll talk more about that next week. But there's a place for you to fit. God has powerful things for you to do. Courtney Jerry right now is in India doing some amazing things. She's like this little stick of dynamite. She can't be more than five, three, five, four. Um, 
but she's stirring up some major amazing things in the kingdom in India. When she came in a couple of years ago, you would never have, I would never have looked at her and thought, wow, I think she'll go to India someday and just totally do some awesome stuff. You have that same thing in you. And I can confidently say that because I know the one who made you. And that's why when I break off the word curses, lies, accusations, and scripture verses, I'm not playing. And I have authority to do that because I've had to do it so much over my own life. Because the battles that you fight and win, you'll have authority to help other people walk out of. And there's a whole bunch of people who have fought a bunch of battles, won a bunch of them, lost a few. And you just get right back up and keep going. I was with one of my spiritual daughters today, and she was describing to me some of the heinous motives and agendas that she had discovered yet within herself. And I just couldn't stop laughing because it was very freeing. And you would think, oh, wasn't she embarrassed? No, she wasn't because she knows my heinous stuff. I know her heinous stuff. And we know the one who loves us and the one who's helping us become unhooked from all that stuff. I wish I could say I got baptized and I came out of that dunk thing and I was wet and free. I was free in the spirit realm. But there's how many of you know, there's a lot of things you have to do. You own your future. This may be the most important service you'll go to all year. Because if you hear the Holy Spirit speak to you directly and give you information, you can confidently move forward on what the Holy Spirit gives you. Because when I hear him talk to me about this stuff, this stuff, then I, I know what to take notes for when Eric Knopf talks or Ashley Locks or Angela Clark or whoever's got the microphone. Am I making sense? So, I thought I would read you my list. And I did not intend to do this until tonight. Um, but I want you to believe for yourselves. So, the number one thing the Holy Spirit said to me was, listen to your heart. I listen to all my sons and daughters' hearts and a bunch of other people's hearts, and I carry a bunch of stuff sometimes that I shouldn't carry. I need to learn to listen to my own heart. And sometimes that actually will help me back away from some of you. Sometimes. You guys can be toxic for me, <laughs> just like I am for you. <laughs> also, stand unbroken. Believe in myself more, dash how God created me. More alone time with Daddy God, which means appointments with him. Specific life vision, more clear. Uh, Self-care with a big asterisk by it. Uh, greater purity, date, 
fundraise for the nonprofit that I uh, kicked off last year. Listen to God's voice more. Define the father, spiritual fathering process and the expectations. Define them inside myself better. Treat myself with kindness and empathy. Uh, work on the media for my nonprofit, which is blogs and books. Strengthen my inner life to match the position that I have. Plan for fun and rest. That's a personal. And then for the corporate is to clarify the epic life vision more, which is our overall apostolic vision, to write it out. Um, I have a guy who pastors me, Chad Everett, and he's helped me do a lot of awesome work, which is kind of where next week's information comes from. Um, but I don't like to do that stuff. I'd so much rather sit down with Dale or Jen or Kim or any of you and figure out where do you want to go from here? You know, and see the lights start coming on in your life. It's like, to me, there's nothing more exciting. But the Holy Spirit's like, I know that excites you, but if you want this to grow in a healthy way, people need to understand what the vision is. So sit yourself down and write. I'm like, oh, okay. So um, we actually are being approached by a lot of young adult ministries to help them figure out how, that, how we do this. Because there's really not that many young adult ministries that are, there's not that many young adult ministries. So um, Eric's been wanting to write a book on how we do this, and the Holy Spirit was like, make it happen. Also to develop more leaders. So, and there's more stuff. This is only the beginning. Just like the sheet that the Holy Spirit gave you tonight, that's only the beginning. If you want to know more, ask more. Listen and then obey. Because he's not going to give you more truth if you don't obey the little stuff he tells you. He can't trust you with something big if you can't be trusted to implement what he shows you on a little scale. Does that make sense? So, well, if the worship band, we're not ready to stand up yet, but if the worship band can go on stage, um, I'm going to play a video, and then we're going to have some worship. As you filled this out tonight, the Holy Spirit hopefully showed you some things that you cannot accomplish by yourself. Because I'm here to tell you, if everything on your list is something that you can come up with, you weren't listening to the Holy Spirit. You were thinking. Because when the Holy Spirit starts speaking to you, it's bigger than anything you can do by yourself. That's how big you are. So I want... Um, to roll the video right after the video then Aaron you can lead us in worship and right after the video if the prayer team will go up by the stage if you'd like prayer tonight we would love to pray for you thank you so much I know this was unusual I had no idea how it would turn out because I've never done it with a group this size
And I thought the Holy Spirit was crazy, but I'm not. So thank you so much for coming tonight. We're going to watch the uh, uh, closing video, and then we'll go into ministry. There will never be a point in your time in your life where it's the right time to do a great thing. If you're waiting for that perfect, perfect moment, that perfect timing is not going to happen. You know what you have to do? You have to create the perfect time and the perfect opportunity and the perfect situation. So that a lot of people become comfortable. They stop growing. They stop wanting anything. They, they become satisfied. People getting ready to go to jobs that they don't like. Jobs that are making them sick. You see, when you're not pursuing your goal, you are literally committing spiritual suicide. When you have some goal out here that you're stretching for and reaching for, that takes you out of your comfort zone, you'll find out some talents and abilities you have that you didn't know you have. When the messenger of misery visits you, what are you going to do? What will keep you in the game? There are things that you think you'll never need to know that you may only need to know one time in your life, but that could save your life because you had that knowledge. Unless you attempt to do something beyond that which you've already mastered, you will never grow. What is it that you looked at at some point in time and you decided that you couldn't do it, that you talked yourself out of it? You're waiting on your next door neighbor to make it happen for you. It may not happen. If you're waiting on your mother or your father, they may be so ancient in their thinking that they don't understand this opportunity that you have. And if you're waiting on them, it may never get done. You don't beg average people to be phenomenal. You don't beg good people to be phenomenal. You just are phenomenal and you will attract phenomenal. What reason can you remember that you can call on, that you can reach on, that can make you get back up? Find that reason. If you're not where you are, if you're not where you want to be, if you don't have what you want, want to have, if you're not where you think you should be at this particular place, it has nothing to do with the system, but it has everything to do with the fact that you're not making the sacrifice. I want you to make that dream become a reality because if you don't, you will be working for somebody else to make their dreams become a reality. Everybody is against you or don't believe in you no more. And let me tell you something, that's a lonely feeling. It's a lonely feeling, particularly people that you're doing it for. Most people take their greatness, take their ideas to the graveyard with them. Listen to me, if it was easy, everybody would do it. There are people right now who are working who don't want to work. There are people who hate their jobs, but they keep getting up to do it. The wealthiest place on the planet is the graveyard. Because in the graveyard, we will find inventions that we never, ever were exposed to. Ideas, dreams that never became reality. Hopes and aspirations that were never acted upon. Question is, what are you going to do with your time? What drives you? And greatness is a lot of small things done well. Day after day. Workout after workout, obedience after obedience, day after day. When things don't work out for you, when things happen that you could not anticipate, what are the reasons that you can think of that can keep you strong?
You will never ever be successful until you turn your pain into greatness, until you allow your pain to push you from where you are to push you to where you need to be. Stop running from your pain and embrace your pain. Your pain is going to be a part of your prize, a part of your product. I, I challenge you to push yourself. See, it's easy to be on the bottom. It doesn't take any effort to be a loser. It doesn't take any motivation, any drive in order to stay down there on a low level. But it calls on everything in you. You have to harness your will to say, I'm going to challenge myself. I mean that what you did last week don't count. Today, today is the only important day. There are 86,400 seconds in a day, and how you use those are critical. You got 86,400 today, and what you do today is going to see me who you are. Nobody's going to talk about what you did last week. that the biggest enemy you have to deal with is yourself. There's an old African proverb that says, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. You have this opportunity of a lifetime. It means absolutely nothing if you don't take advantage of it in the lifetime of this opportunity. I got a saying that when life knocks you down, try and land on your back because if you can look up, you can get up. If you want a thing bad enough to go out and fight for it, to work day and night for to give up your time, your peace, and your sleep If all that you dream and scheme is about it, life seems useless and worthless without it. See, it's time now. If you want to make this your decade, you've got to start saying yes to your life. You've got to start saying yes to your dreams, yes to your unfolding future, yes to your potential, as opposed to saying no. When you die, die on eat. Leave no dream left behind, guys. Leave no opportunity left behind. When you leave this earth, accomplish every single thing you can accomplish. Listen to me. You're going to be here one day, but you'll never get here if you give up, if you give in, if you quit. And finally, guys, you got to want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe.